to another episode of Vaguely Cultured. I'm Emily. No, 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 Batman. Oh, I'm Jacqueline. <laughs> As you already can tell. No, 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 Batman. Oh, yes. So this week we get into Batman and Bill. Ooh, who's Bill? Da, da, da. The fuck is Bill? <laughs> We're going to talk about Bill because Bill is the OG caped crusader, in my opinion. I thought it was Bob Kane. Damn it. Bob Kane is more of Bruce Wayne, but like the Dark Knight type Bruce Wayne, the douchey one. Oh, he's just a dick, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So Batman and Bill is a 2017 documentary directed by Don Argot and Sheena M. Joyce. Never heard of them. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, this is... Like a lesser known documentary and story, unless you're like a true nerd. Batman is a DC comic, and for the longest time, only one name appeared under created by. And as we come to find out that this is not the case, it is... It's a sad-ish story, but it's, you know, got a happy ending. Um, And, yeah, so just to give you a little background, uh, 1939, Batman came to be, which seems like so so long ago. (laughs) 1939. Dude, that's almost 100 years ago. We're already in 2023. Just imagine in, like, 16, 17 years, it's going to be 100 years old. Yeah, so just... Think about that. 1939, (laughs) and this came out in 2017, which means this was probably filmed around 2016. So this, well, it was filmed over time, but the issue, the main issue did not get resolved until 2000, I think, 15, 2016. And that is just so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It got resolved. I wrote down the actual date where they finally gave him credit and was September 18th, 2015. Mind you, my child was born on 9-22, just like four days after him finally getting the credit he deserved. So, yeah, so it's been eight years. So really eight years. It's only been eight years that he's had a credit for Batman. But yet the first Spoiler Batman alert. came out in <laughs> 1939. And probably it was, you know, written maybe just a hair earlier than that. And it's that's that's sad. <laughs> That's well, really comics didn't really come about until about 1913, 1914, mm-hmm. when Bob Kane, the, I don't want to say the original creator, but the original known creator of Batman um, was a kid and claims to have created Batman, which the superheroes didn't even come out until shortly before or after that, but... Circling back around to the very beginning of this, we find pretty much at the heart and root of this story is Mark Taylor, Tyler Nobleman. Yeah. Uh, he's written like 75 books, starting anywhere from kids' books to novels. And he wrote a story about the creators of Superman, which is also apparently an interesting story where pretty much the two creators of Superman were 
pretty much gypped out of their what, what royalties. I think it's because they they what's well, the thing is they signed out their their copyright, and I don't think they realized how I don't think they realized how big Superman got, would have gotten. No, I feel Su- bad for that one. Superman too. is like the only other like bigger superhero compared to Batman as far as just sheer magnitude, but Batman's bigger. Like the world of Batman in Gotham is so huge. Like even now there's a new show called um, Gotham Knights about to come out. Oh. That has to do with when Batman's not there, who steps up and it's all these other people. Um crazy. There's so <laughs> many. I love Batman. I'm I know I'm you a love big Batman. Um, <laughs> You've seen um, everything. Even for all the way from Gotham to probably all I the movies. Love Gotham. I, I know love I remember Gotham when you so watched much. that, you were all if, about that shit. Like I don't like superhero shows. I don't like the Flash. I don't like Green Arrow. I don't like Legends. Like I'm not a big superhero show person. I do like The Peacemaker with John Cena. That's fucking hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. HBO Max. Um, But Gotham is really good. Uh, I really like what they do with the story there. Uh, Blonde moment for me. It was the first time I ever put together the fact that the Riddler... His name was um, Edward Nigma. Edward Nigma. Ed Nigma. And Nigma. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Enigma. <laughs> well, he is the Riddler, so let's. Exactly. Let's. <laughs> well, that was like my first time putting that together, though. And I was like, gosh, I I'm am sorry. Oblivious. Speaking of the Riddler, Jim Carrey will always be my favorite Riddler. Oh, he was a great Riddler. There was a time where Jim Parsons was talked about getting cast. Sheldon I, from I, uh, could see, I honestly can see because he's weird. He would have been a really good Riddler. Now, I did love Paul. Oh, what's his name from the newest Batman with Robert Pattinson? I know exactly um, the one that looks just so creepy. So creepy. Oh, I love him in a lot of things. He's like a underrated um, actor, but he's been in a lot of things. Just people don't really realize it. Um, let me find his name real quick. Paul, 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 Paul Dano. I love him. He's been, a, he's a good creeper. He's been in he several. really creepy. Yeah, so taking it all the way back to Little Miss Sunshine, where he was like a so- socialist and wanted to go to the Air Force, <laughs> but finds out he's colorblind. I'm like, that's, I mean, that's how far back you've probably seen him in things. I first saw him in this movie with Angelina Jolie and uh, Taking Lives. Taking Lives? I've never heard of that. It's really good. It has Angelina Jolie and Ethan Hawke, and he plays a young version of the of the bad guy, pretty much. And it's really, really good. Nonetheless, um, <laughs> yeah, so he, for the longest time, Bob Kane pretty much has taken credit for the creation of Batman and everything, the biggest Batman characters and worlds. Um, he is a cartoonist. He's the original cartoonist. And 
he was pretty much inspired financially, whereas we find out the rest of these nerds are inspired by just the love of storytelling and that's and what comics bill singer was he was all about the creative aspect of everything and you clearly if you watch this documentary you can hear or just just feel that bob finger fucking loved batman he loved his character storytelling and, well and the thing is he also just not did not create batman he created robin joker catwoman the riddler bruce wayne and dick whatever the fuck the name was the Penguin. dick grayson thank you the Penguin, Scarecrow, Commissioner Gordon, created the Batmobile, created Gotham City, and then he also created the, the Dark Knight feel. But he also, the biggest thing I think what it was is Batman's origin when he was a child mm-hmm. and how his parents were killed and he fell when down he was this, this cave or this bat cave type of thing. I mean, you you know more about the whole background of that mm-hmm. story, but still, like, that's a really What's big a little emotion. hard now is... If you're just coming into Batman now, is there's so many variants. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Marvel fan, we're going to deviate for DC for a minute. If you're a Marvel fan and you're up to date, if you just think about the multiverse and like variants and mm-hmm. um, just that's basically what Batman has become. There are so oh, many yeah. versions of this story, but it all starts with what bill finger came up with Mm -hmm. so basically um bob was like i'm gonna make some money and superman had come out he's like i could do this shit (laughs) and he was already working with dc at the time which went by a different name that i don't remember at the time um and he was like i'm was asked to go home draw a superhero came home came up with this image that is absolutely <laughs> nothing like the original batman he had um it was a friday in 1939 and he came up with a red union suit so think of like a a wetsuit or tights mm-hmm. a domino mask which is like what robin wears mm-hmm. um and stiff wings like attached to the arms like so more anatomically correct <laughs> bat wings and somehow he knew bill finger don't really know the association he calls him up and pretty much tells him and bill's like all right he can't wear red because he's roaming at night people will see him Mm -hmm. and the mask isn't hiding enough of his identity so they come up with that cowl um and it's not intimidating enough so you know then you get that real awesome look and the wings are not practical so they gave him a cape with the scalloped edges, which will look like wings when he, you know, throws them out. I think it's the coolest thing. The I love his cape. So he brings this interpretation um, to DC and is like, bam. And, well, first off, he's like, yeah, Bill, I'm going to take this. I take care of it. No problem. Let's I'll see what they I'll let you know what they say. No paperwork's drawn. Nothing. So if you're buddy buddy, it's 1939. I'm not really thinking of it. He's ob- Bob's obviously more business savvy than Bill, um, and pretty much gets screwed over. Bob doesn't mention anyone else being involved and makes an agreement with DC. No papers that we know of, and then boom, it hits the shelves. What a uh, pick. Yeah. So from 1939 to 1965. Is pretty much where he was anonymous. 
Who's Bill? We don't know of a Bill. Guess what dropped in 1965, though? The lovely show of Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also in 1965 is the first official Comic-Con with professionals. There's like 200 people, this gross, dingy place. And uh, this guy's like, hey, kid, you want to meet the creator of uh, Batman? He's like, hell yeah, I want to meet Bob. He's like, this is Bill. And they're like, huh? And but I mean, it's awesome to have that kind of support. And it's like his first and only appearance. And they also as have a writer. that on recording too, which is great to actually yeah, have recording mm-hmm. to hear his voice and him talking about Batman and you, just hearing his voice too. I mean, I was actually thinking about this. Why do people back in like the sixties, fifties, forties, they have this tone? <laughs> I don't know if you know what I mean by this tone. It's like it's the just, radio tone. They just they sound all like talk this. like that. It's like, like Mad Men. It's I, yeah, not to get caught off guard, but I just that's what I thought when I heard his voice. Like he just you could tell the passion that he had with with Batman, but I think what really just really made him just dig deeper in the hole is in 19 I thought 1966 is when they made the the Batman TV series. Which, with Adam West, which they didn't have that dark and serious creature that they had in the comic books. They made it more pop culture, which well, it was the startup of like pop art as well. Yeah. Um. So it was very comic booky, very campy, where you had um, bam, kablam, whoosh, whoosh. It was supposed to be you know, more the, fun and not serious. The the word that you don't get to use as often as you thought you would in school, automatopoeias. They're just like, bam, right there <laughs> in your face. Um, and it's a cute show, but it, it does deviate from, if you're familiar with DC, DC is dark. Very dark. DV, DC is not like Marvel, which is part of what I love about it. Hands down, Marvel makes the better movies and shows. Hands down. I was going to ask you, what are you, DC or Marvel? It's hard because DC has the better stories, but Marvel has star power and just knows how to do a good story. I mean, they have John Farrow and Kevin Feige on their side, so that helps. But, um, like, the DC stories are, you know, dark and they're real and intense. And Marvel mm-hmm. is also, you know, not all just dancing around in the moonlight. <laughs> um, but they have, you know, that comedic relief more so. If Batman tries to be comedic, it's just weird. I'm trying to laugh. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'm so depressed because my parents died, rightfully so. I'm going to go in my bat cave and go have a drink. Yeah. Where's Alfred? Alfred, come down here. Alfred. So for the (laughs) longest time, I always referred to myself like, I'm not a Batman. I'm not really Robin. I'm an Alfred. I help get shit done, but I'm not the person in the spotlight generally. I also don't want to be. I'm not really. I can be a trusty sidekick, but I feel I, I'm more comfortable being an Alfred making shit happen. Now, not to get caught off guard, what is your favorite Batman movie? What is, what is your favorite one? Is it the one with Michael Keaton? Is it the one with George Clooney, Val Kilmer? We got Christian Bale. If you like Adam West too, we'll throw Adam West in there too because of his movie, his TV show. 
We also got, like I said, Kristen Bale. We got the new one. That's so hard. They're oh, all oh, so different. Oh, and I'm also forgetting uh, Ben Affleck, which was, was a shocker for me, but he did great, I thought. But. Ben Affleck was a missed opportunity. No, I didn't like him as Batman necessarily, but he would have been a great Batman beyond the older Batman yeah. as Nightwing comes in to take over Batman. Like, it was such a miss. That would have been such a cool storyline to have Ben Affleck as Batman behind the computer screen because he's too old. Ben Affleck's not too old. But with how he portrayed Batman, I felt like he would have been so much better being basically like the Batman from Batman Beyond in mm-hmm. the cartoon show. Um, <laughs> I love the Tim Burton versions personally. Michael Keaton. Um, yeah, but George Clooney... He was so monotone. Like, I loved the movies with George Clooney. I just don't really love George Clooney, but I guess he did fine. Was George Clooney the one with – which one was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Freeze, Mr. Freeze? I'm pretty sure that was George Clooney. Because it was also – that was Poison Ivy, too, with Uma Uma Thurman, right? Okay. Yeah, so which one was Val Kimmer? Val Kimmer, I think, is the one with the, the Riddler. That was so good too. <laughs> I love them all. I, I love so, them all. I didn't think yeah. I would like the Robert Pattinson one, but it was it was like Very emo. good. It was a yeah, and you know, I'm an emo kid at heart. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I let me and tell I love you so though, when I saw that movie, because we went into IMAX to see it, the best part is when the Batmobile was introduced. Man, that whole theater shook when he turned on that car. And he put on his lights and he, oh my God. I was like, the best part was Paul Dano as the Riddler and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yes. Oh, and I loved Col- there's going to be a Colin Farrell show for the Penguin as Oswald Cobblepot. Mm-hmm. He actually did like, fantastic. You brought that up. Oh. I, he, you couldn't even recognize him. You could not recognize it was Colin Farrell. In that, and he played a fantastic penguin too. Zoe Kravitz, yeah, Paul Dano or Dano, whatever the fuck his last name is. But yeah, I honestly thoroughly enjoyed it. But I'm a '90s kid. I love all the '90s Batman's. I think it's just it's mm-hmm. fun. It's awesome. They're all just so different. Like, okay, Val Kimmer, Michael Keaton, and um, George Clooney. They're all kind of the same. I love like the the fun colorful comic booky but mm-hmm. still dark and moody and then the christopher nolan version is With great Christian in Bale. its own right yeah it's great in its own right like i love that they brought it into like a more realistic they made it more setting. dark they made it more dark well they made it like okay if we put this in today's world so no superheroes no superpowers mm-hmm. just a vigilante um because nobody had superpowers yeah. in there um just psychopaths and you know it, it was great in its own way i wish there was one more because they were setting up joseph gordon levitt to be robin and i thought they, they were gonna they do a whole thing three, with that i know they did three of them they did i know but one more just one more it's gonna but be like the new james bond they're gonna have like three movies and they're gonna move on to a christopher Batman. nolan's not gonna do it though but i do have a clip that i'll post on instagram of uh christian bale and he's saying well, once you do Batman, you can't do anything else. Like, people will only see you as Batman. And he was like, I accept the challenge. <laughs> Which Christian Bale could definitely deviate. He is a great actor. And then, 
it'll be interesting to see what they do with Robert Pence and um I'm very yeah. curious on what they're gonna do and who they're gonna bring back. I know at the end credits they they hinted the Joker was gonna come back and it's gonna be really hard to match up with Heath Ledger's character. And I know and I know people always compare him to that. But it's I don't. Still, it's it's just like everything else. The Joker is different. And every yeah. the Joker in Gotham was really cool, but really yeah. different. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is Joker. I heard that oh. they were going to tie that in to the Robert let's Pattinson. Be, oh, let's be real, though. I am looking forward to Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn. I'm curious until on- they said it's a musical. I was like, why? Why would you ruin this? You never by know, making though. it a fuck no. Okay. No, Who knows? I don't care. It's Lady Gaga. <laughs> yes, just because you have Lady Gaga doesn't mean she has to Walking sing. She got an Emmy. She got an Emmy without singing. I don't want. I don't care. I don't care. Don't fucking sing gonna, in a Batman movie. They're gonna movie. be singing in the rain, dancing no. around, and then Batman's gonna come down and they gonna start tap dancing. Ruined it. They <laughs> ruined it by as soon as they said. But you musical. know you're gonna see it though. Of course I'm gonna see it on HBO. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, encourage them by paying money to, like, why did we circle back to the fucking 40s and make everything a fucking musical again? I I, everything, I will agree with you. Everything seems to be becoming a fucking musical nowadays. So it's I a fucking agree. Gen A and the Gen Zers who are like, let's dance about everything on TikTok again. They want to add music on the shit. I'm like, no. I just want to see if she if she makes Harley Quinn a, a dark. She would character. be a wonderful Harley Quinnizzle. Like she'll be a good Harley Quinn. She can play serious and crazy. Like she got a uh, Emmy for her wonderful uh, role on American Horror Story. Oh, like she it. was impeccable in that. So I have no doubt she can play the shit out of this character. But the minute she starts fucking singing, I'm out of there. No. She's going to click, turn it off. I'm going to be so, I mean, I probably won't because I have to finish what I start. And I'm just going to sit there with, like, with my arms crossed like, it's fucking stupid. I'm like, I'm just going to. It was like that episode of Grey's Anatomy where everyone started singing. Or that episode of Lucifer where everyone started singing. I'm like, why are we fucking singing? Stop. Just get back to the story. Ugh. Everything is turning into glee nowadays. Yeah. I hate it so much. I'm like, just, just tell the fucking story. Ugh. Well, I bet you that's Anyhow. how Bob Finger felt whenever they made the Batman TV series, when they made it so fun and so bubbly and so just as if you're watching a comic book with a bam, wazoom, whatever. But it wasn't really true to what the comic was to, to his baby. But I guess another big thing, too, was when Charles Sinclair and Bill got together and they made their own. I think it was one, was it one episode of an animated Batman show? Who? Bill Finger and Charles Sinclair. It was the only time he actually No, got... they did an episode of the Batman show with Adam West. Yeah, so it was, um, it was the only time that when he was alive that he actually got credit for something involved with Batman. And he asked Charles Sinclair, can I be on the top? of the credit whenever they and the way that they said it it was like he was so sweet about it like hey man would you mind if just this once like i was the first name and like my heart was like oh, he's like i, I couldn't tell if he cried or not but it was definitely a moment 
And the, the way they did the little comic thing with, with like the vision of like how they were sitting in front of the TV because he mm-hmm. was able to get a little thing at ABC, if I'm not mistaken. They got to sit into mm-hmm. one of the clients' rooms so they can see it in color. Because poor Bob, poor Bill only had a uh, a uh, black and white TV. Mm-hmm. Oh. Bill was not a wealthy man by any means. No. He struggled quite a bit. He got fucked. Um, he, got fucked. he lived barely paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, from what we could tell, he didn't really complain about it either. He just, you know, he was, seemed like a pretty docile man. And what really sucks is pretty much after the recording that we talked about earlier, um, Bill pretty much made a appearance at that Comic-Con and was like, yeah, I created Batman. And Bob was like, all right, I can either take the high road or the low road and give him, um, you know, be like, yeah, he helped me create it. And Bob was like, nah, too late now. <laughs> and pretty much is like, um, goes out and issues his own statement that he came up with the Batman and all the main characters, uh, Alfred, Joker, Two-Face, all that. Um, claims to come up with the title himself, the mass head, the format, the concept, um, the Batman figure, the costume. Bob's like, yeah, I did all that shit. So, and by all means, Bob didn't seem like a totally terrible guy outside of business. He mm-hmm. just seemed to be a very cunning business person. And he does seem to regret his decisions later on in life. But he was born in October 1915 from the Bronx, um, worked for National Periodicals, which eventually became D.C., uh, he knew at a young age he wanted to be a cartoonist, and he would be in about 1925, which you have to remember the Depression, I believe, was still going on during that. So what a time to want to draw pictures. Can I just say, what a time. Think think about the Superman creators. They, before, of course, they sold off their – they were making about 800 a week. Which is huge. That was about to say huge back in the like I don't know what that would translate to today, but it would be a lot. Oh man, I don't know what made them fucking sign their rights away. Maybe because they're just like, oh, we're gonna get all this money now. Well, they were young and they didn't know any better, and they were like, probably like, whoa, this is a shit ton of money, and they just didn't know. I don't think they realized what royalties were or what exactly how they would expand in the universe um mm-hmm. similar to bill but i mean bill didn't get shit and at least these guys got something um no, until they I did the find away, yeah and they did end up fighting later on to kind of recant that to get more which they definitely deserved but yep, nope. i don't know but they because they actually have paperwork they actually had signed paperwork which the whole thing with the whole Bob King, but that, like if with a good lawyer, yeah. you can get around any paperwork. Yeah, Unless probably, it's like an NDA, died, you can get they around. probably died even before they were able to really get a good lawyer. Yeah. I know. don't recall, but I don't know either. National Periodicals, DC Comics, bro, okay. has the money to afford. Can the I just lawyers. say, they should have kept with National Periodicals. I thought that was a cool name. I think DC is pretty cool. I don't really know what it means. <laughs> but um, what? Look, I mean, DC look Comics. It's simple. DC? DC Comics. It's easier than National what Periodicals. It sounds like a newspaper. DC Comics. What DC stand for? For in DC Comics. 
not Washington. I know. I had to make sure. How did DC? What is DC Comics? The DC stands for Detective Comics. Okay. In a way, Batman is a detective, of course, as as you should know. If I mean, if you've made it this far into this podcast, I assume you have a somewhat of an interest in Batman. Oh, um, but Batman. Uh, I did find that Bob met Bill. He was a shoe salesman and did some comics. So mm-hmm. I don't know how that conversation started, but um, and Superman was the one who pretty much brought comic books like in superheroes Superman to the strip the and, OG. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much how comics work is a new one camp came out every 30 days. I don't know if this is still the upkeep. I'm sure it's a little bit faster, if nothing else, and probably depends on which storyline you're following and everything, which artists and writers but in order to keep up with the demand, it was not uncommon for them to hire ghost writers and ghost drawers, cartoonists, and just give Bob the credit, which oh, I've had people take credit for my work and for my ideas before. And it's a terrible feeling like and to some people, it may not be much, especially because it's a creative thing and not something really tangible you know, like, but to have a creative idea stolen from you really sucks. Was it when you were a hairstylist or? Uh, it's as an instructor. Okay. Um, but poor Bill, poor Billy. Um, not many pictures of Sir Bill out there. And we have the one audio recording of him. Um, and I even wrote down, I was like, he sounds like Batman. Like. Whereas Bob, when he spoke, sounds like Bruce Wayne, just very capitalist and mm-hmm. like it's it's interesting. I mean, granted, I'm looking at it through that lens, but, you know, it did come across as that. Uh, Jerry Robinson, one of the earliest ghost artists, also went through something similar, didn't end up getting credit. Um I believe I could be mistaken. I didn't expand on my notes. I apologize if I got that wrong. And then we have Carmine Infantino, who is the artist that redefined Batman's look in the 60s and mm-hmm. went on to become a publisher with DC in the 70s. Um, so took them from that initial uh, Bill's Batman into the next age of Batman. Mm. Well, I, well, I will say... Carmino, Carmino, however, Carmine, Carmine, and Jerry, they both agreed that Bill should have gotten credit for sure. I mean, that was a that was a nobody said no. He doesn't deserve other than DC, which they didn't totally say that, but But, they said no Bill, no Batman. Bob and such knew he couldn't afford a lawyer to take him to court and claim ownership, so they just did him dirty. And they're like, you can't afford to fight us, so. We're not going to fight you. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think the stress of everything, though, did lead him to his death that happened. I think he just didn't take care of himself. And I don't, they he said couldn't he, really afford to. Yeah. And they said that he wasn't taking his medications and all that, which you probably could, he couldn't afford them. <laughs> you brought a good point, though. So uh, this episode will be airing, uh, what is it, almost 
50 years to the day. I, yeah, when that came <laughs> up, I was like, oh, this is so meant to be for Bill. It, like, to the day. So January 18th mm-hmm. is the day that Bill died, right? Mm-hmm. It'll, be, it'll be almost exactly 50 years ago. So he died in 74. Was it 74? Yeah, it was 74. Um, I was like, almost what 50 years serendipity. Day. Did you write 73 was, or 74? I'm looking for it. Regardless, it's almost 50 years to the day. Died in 88. No, that was Bob. Bob died in mm-hmm. 1998, yeah. Or 88. It was 98. I, I'm 88. I looked it up. I had to make sure it's 98. That's a long ass time to live. <laughs> yeah, he was almost he was 19. He was 10. he was he was 83 years old when he died. That's For some reason it just seems longer from the You're forgetting the, ni- the 90s the were 19. almost 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but like the night like night this came out in 1939. So he was a kid in like 19, was yeah. born in like what, 1910? So he was born shit? October 24th, 1915, and he died November 3rd of 98. That's a long, that just sounds like a long he was, he was 83 years old, so he would have been 100 years old the year that Bob Finger finally got Here his fucking credit. Yeah, so, okay, I literally... This is serendipitous. I found out at exactly 11, 11 o'clock at night Weird. that he was, his, he had, Bill had passed on January 18th, 1974. Okay, 74. That's what it was. Okay. And I was like, oh, this and is this serendipitous. Is gonna, We're this meant be, to do this for nope. Bill. Like, this oh, be this will be great. On his, it would have been better if it was his birthday. But hey, we'll take yeah. we'll we'll take the, the yeah. almost fifty years of him in honor dead. of Bill, man. Like we got oh, you, Bill. We got you. I feel I feel so connected to Bill. <laughs> like I was like, oh my god. Have you watched like, too much Teal now? Ooh, that's that's another episode. Have you watched too much Teal? Did you get that spiritual? <sighs> no, um, I was spiritual before her, but yeah, I know, I'm just big poking fun. <laughs> if I ever get that bad. He'll oh. just be like, okay, Teal, and I'll be like, oh, heard. <laughs> <laughs> I will adjust. Oh my God. Um, no. So but, great, though. So great. I was, I was so happy when you brought that up. I was like, dude, that's weird. That's like fate. Absolutely. Yeah, fate. I just felt like, oh, we're supposed to do this for Bill. <laughs> like, uh, he's going to appreciate it, I think. If, if Mr. Nobleman's listening to this, too, we got you, too, man, with all your detective work and all for your, oh, your yeah. book for Bill. This, none of you. this would have happened without him. Like, and, you know, they go into why people love comic books and the selflessness and, you know, doing something for the greater good. And he truly, truly did. Like, his kids grew up. With knowing who Bill Finger was and his whole mission, yeah. and to see it come to fruition in his lifetime, it's got to be an incredible feeling. Like I could only to do imagine what so many other people to could. Yeah, yeah. I could only imagine being back then and getting a comic book and just really indulging into that. And if only kids back in the day would have known to keep their comic books, man. 
<laughs> right? It's not like Man. baby babies. Those are tangible. Man, if only they kept their comic books and just stored them away or some bullshit. Man, they'll be making so much money. My, my sibling got into comic books uh, for a little while. And I saw some were moving and we had to move some of their stuff and uh, I saw some old school comic books that were cool and Evie reads some kind of new age kids comic stuff um, it's helped her with her reading but nonetheless make if you have fun. if you have some old comics like you're going through your parents your grandparents stuff and you come across some old comics keep them keep them man <laughs> And take care of them. I have magazines. I have a magazine from the 60s that's all about Elvis. Like, you flip through the pages, you'll probably get ink on your fingers. Like, it's very, it's one of my babies. Keep (laughs) that shit and keep it until you're an old woman because mm -hmm. that bullshit would be worth so much money. I have several articles, um, like, from when... Bobby Kennedy died. I have the Lifetime magazine from that. I have, like, I have several vintage items that <laughs> Jeremy's like, the fuck is this? And I'm like, don't you dare throw it away. It's it's <laughs> history, man. It's history. And the yeah. fact that you have a piece of that with you. Yeah. And so I had a Rolling Stone subscription before they changed um, how they printed it into a more modern type magazine so i kept some of those i try to keep the ones anytime anyone dies like i have the one when david bowie died um prince you know i try to keep those and yeah you know what my mom has i don't know if she has anymore but she had it was so random she had the the first playboy copy well not copy but first playboy of when anna nicole smith did her thing Wow, is yeah. it in good condition? Oh, the last time I saw it, it put like that shit in a plastic bag. <laughs> that's good. It was Playboy, like, it was like especially. 90, it was like ninety three, whatever. But it was oh, yeah. it was when uh, it was with her on there, and it was when she was skinny and she was looking good. And I was like, it doesn't Man. even matter. It has Anna Nicole Smith, and it's a Playboy. Two Anna. of those names. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be worth much in your lifetime, but in your kids. Because it, by the time they have stuff, kids, yeah. absolutely. By the time your kids have kids, that shit is going to be worth something. I know. Or I at least she more. Still has it, but she did. I remember as a kid, I saw it and she just, she had her magazines and stuff. And first of all, it was really random that she had a Playboy, but I think it was just the fact that it was Anna Nicole Smith. And there was actually really good articles. A lot of writers are on Playboy because, you know, it catered to men at the time. I have to take this opportunity to market the show Minx. It was originally on HBO. Stars just picked it up for season two. It is so good. It's about the first women's basically playgirl magazine but it's not called playgirls called minx and it's this feminist writer but nude men it has jake it has jake johnson in it who is i know you don't know but nick miller from the new girl it is golden it's the 70s it's a great show. Man, do they have the porn stashes from the 70s? Please do yes. this. Oh, yeah. love it. They I have love it's everything. I mean, there's quite a lot of schlongs in it. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, which is, you know, 
you're not used to being slapped in the face with a dick on TV. You're used to saying tits and ass, but not so much. So I guess I guess dicks. what you need to say too is have no kids involved. <laughs> yeah, no, it's is not something you want kids that? involved. That is uh, abnormally large piece. Oh no, here we go. What is that? I'm Batman. It's Batman's penis. Batman's penis. <laughs> you remember that part in uh, I think it's Tim Burton's or I think it, it's the one with George Clooney where they're they do like a close up of the bat suit and it's oh like my god, the pecs, like- this and then they do the bulge. <laughs> It's like, dang, okay, you're making sure that he has Let something. Me. All right. I, see, I never cared. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I don't want to see it, but it was funny, you know. I think Tim Burton anyway. thought it was great, too, and he had to put it in there. Yeah, and they did the same thing for Batgirl, you know, but boobs, abs, eyes. like Making sure she yeah. got that big ass and those big titties. We got you. Them pointy titties. Care. Yeah, see, I just don't care about that stuff. I'm like, just get to the do you action, think, do you man. you think Bill Finger would have cared if he was involved? I don't know. He, I like to think that he was a feminist <laughs> and was like, we don't need all of that. Like, even what his representation of Catwoman was tasteful. Like, it wasn't slooty Catwoman. It was tasteful. She I, had a suit on and. Just imagine, yeah. just imagine if he really was involved more, like if he actually had credit from day one and that he was involved more with the storylines. He would have been like Tolkien. He would have been Tolkien for comics. Like you could have tapped that magnificent brain and imagination of his to expand Gotham to what he thought it could oh, have come up man. with. Oh, man. He probably thought it was some great characters. Great I mean, there characters. are some great characters, but, more but characters. all the best ones came from him. I mean, outside of the Riddler, Two-Face, Joker, Catwoman, the only, and I know there's a couple others, but, oh, and Scarecrow mm-hmm. and the Penguin, who else do you have other than Poison Ivy, Bane? Um, uh, what's, I mean, there's not a whole, whole lot mm-hmm. <laughs> that isn't doesn't have the notoriety that the characters that he came up with brought. Yeah, like they just they don't hit the same. There are a few. Don't get me wrong. There are a few, uh, but I think he would have loved to have seen the. Um, I think it's called the Killing Joke. And I don't know if it's the one where it's an alternate universe where Bruce is the one who's shot and his parents become the Joker and Batman. Huh. Like, I think he would have loved to have seen that. No, I think The Killing Joke is just all about uh, the Joker. But there is a version. I forget what it's called. And comic book people are like, you fucking idiot. Um, hey, you know more I know. than I do. I, yeah. I never claim to have read the comics and stuff. I've read a little bit, but I more so am a movie aficionado. I love movie comics. Excuse me. That's what I stick with. Um, I did see that Christina Ritchie just got cast as Harley Quinn for a show. Yeah, I actually saw that too. I, is it an anime show? Is it she's reading? I, don't know. I, I hope she does, not. <laughs> she does a lot of audiobook reading. 
Mm-hmm. If you, I, I don't want to bring. But this she's up. coming back around to the screen. Like she's in yellow jackets and she plays a cuckoo bird in that, and that's fucking fantastic. Yeah. If you haven't watched Yellow Jackets, that's another one you absolutely have to watch. Season two's they're filming it. It's gonna be so good. that shit is bananas. I I keep hearing, which I really need to indulge. It's in really good. <laughs> but you want to hear something really crazy about Christina Ricci? Uh, not to get us off topic, but I saw that she is the main reader for Gossip Girl for the audiobooks. Who oh. who would have thought it was her? I can see that. I can see that. She, I don't she, listen to audiobooks. I don't either, but I just so happened to fall down that rabbit hole at 3 a.m. and discover that she is the voice of that. So I hope she's doing something great with Harley Quinn. I can see her play a fit. Fantastic oh, Harley yeah. Quinn because she's just uh, Kaylee Coco or Cuco. Uh, she Cuckoo. voices Harley Quinn on the Harley Quinn anime she show on great. HBO. She does great. I thought. Um, I do know that they're doing. Uh, they're supposed to be doing a kind of like a femme fatale standalone film with Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. But in that version, they're all kind of lesbians together. So I'm, I'm very interested to see. Uh, and then uh, Catwoman gets back with Batman or Selena Kyle gets back with Bruce Wayne and uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are hooking up. And then Harley Quinn's like, sure I'm going to go back to the Joker. Are you sure this is not no, a it's a comment. It's like, no, they have like this girl power thing and. They're doing their own thing, and they're like, fuck the boys. We don't need the boys. And then the boys come crawling back, and they're like, mm, I'm going to go back to <laughs> and, Which is like Harley's never-ending cycle of going back to the Joker. But uh, anywho, anywho uh, none of which would have hap- not had happened without Sir Bill Finger. Mr. Finger. You know, it's really sad, though. When he died, though, you know, no one really knew what happened with his body after the medical examiner had it. Mm-hmm. And they really thought that he was buried in the potter's field, which is pretty much an unmarked grave area where it's mm-hmm. like people who don't have loved ones and whatever, which when they imagine, I thought that was so fucking sad because here's Bob Kane thriving on mm-hmm. such this big success of Batman. And here's fucking he Bill Finger. huge payout from... Uh, oh. Not just the movie. Well, see, he got the biggest payout from the TV show, and then from the movies. Well, the movie isn't um, isn't out yet. Whenever Bill Finger died, it's just the fact that here's Bill Finger. He died alone, penniless, you know, mm-hmm. and he was the fucking and unmarked grave. And even even Mister, I'm gonna call him Mister Nobleman because it just sounds cool. Mister Nobleman, he was just like, man, just imagine if the medical examiner knew. Who this the man was that he had on that pop he culture, this is the guy that really came up with Batman like oh oh poor Bill yeah so I actually have it written in my notes this guy is like fucking Harvey Two Face Dent <laughs> for Bob I was like because he had to have been one way to Bill in another way yeah. everywhere else like if that's not the definition of Two Face then I don't fucking know what is yeah um and people even said he displayed himself as batman um real life alter ego and he stopped drawing in the 60s but he never sold all the rights so he was he was smart like i said he kept 
getting, you know, his pieces. And Mr. Nobleman and other people are respectful enough. Like, you know, we don't know him as a person. We don't know him as a father or anything. We sure he was great in that aspect. But he did him dirty in this. Yeah. Even Sir Kevin Smith, who is on this. Right. Um, <laughs> of Kevin. course he is. Uh, Kevin Smith, yeah. Is, comes in and he's like, you know, he was done dirty. He... He even so Bob doesn't just do this to Bill later on when he's selling his oil paintings and other arts and lithographs, um, which lithography I had to look up is a planographic method of printing original bait, original art um, of oil and water. And the printing is like stone and metal. So, you know, like a reprint, whereas lithography is Mm -hmm. individual original. He stole that from another ghost artist and claimed the work as his own. Wow. I was like, this fucking guy, you know, this if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If I'm going to make my money. Wait, so going back to Kevin Smith. Uh, so Kevin Smith, I'm going to plug him in a little bit. So Kevin Smith is a huge, huge Batman fan. Like he even has his own podcast. <laughs> if you don't know Batman. who Kevin Smith is at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where you've been living under a rock. So, this oh. man does all the commentary uh. at, uh, uh comic-con the big comic-con in san diego like he's he's there he's he's great his daughter's name is harley quinn so that just shows he has a a podcast called fat man on batman and he pokes fun because he's not big anymore he's a a fat man that he used to be uh but he is an avid batman fan and mind you i had the had the great opportunity to meet uh kevin smith uh when i went to his screening of clerks three and he smells good. He's, he's, if you know <laughs> I what I mean, he smells so. good. Whew, radiated off of him. But just hearing how just Batman has, you know, what's the word? As a child, just like really just made him who he is because of Batman. Like that's just what he loved. And you can clearly see that he is, Bill Finger is the one. That wrote Batman, and he was always about that. That it was Bill Finger, but yeah, Kevin Smith, guys, he has a I don't even know how many Check episodes he has, but I'm sure he has tons of episodes of Batman. He's on Batman. done a lot of stuff. He's he's awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, Mr. Nobleman eventually, pretty much how it apparently works in order for Bill to get credit is you need a line of credit. So he needs an heir. And so he goes on this whole like crusade to find an heir. Now, Bill did have one child um, that he knew of, uh, Fred Finger, who turned out to be gay and dead. The only reason why that is relevant is because he thought he didn't have any offspring. Um, And he goes through all of this family and like, this man does such extensive research um, to find, and he eventually finds, like, his cousin or second cousin who pretty much ends up finding out that Fred did, in fact, have a daughter. Um, and therefore, Bill has an heir. Athena. Hello, Athena mm-hmm. Finger. Athena. Athena. Yes. <laughs> what an interesting name. Now, during all of this, Thomas Andre is doing an autobiography with and for Bill. Mm-hmm. And it's, or Bob, excuse me. 
Um, and <laughs> it's towards the end of Bob's life. Bob does admit in the autobiography that this is on audio that Bill deserved credit. But it's it's it says a lot and it did help in this proceeding for him to um, get the credit uh, that he deserved for it. Yes. Um, the people on the documentary say that they don't think Bob would have put his name on the strip uh, anyway. Even if he did, he probably wouldn't have allowed that. Um, he even claims, he went as far, he kept this lie up, y'all. He claims that he had a drawing uh, from a kid, oh, the Birdman. Yeah, the Birdman. Birdman. Um, it's never been proved. It's never been corroborated. One man says that the date alone, 34, the year, um, it was the year after comics really hit the market and before superheroes were really invented. At 14, you came up with this. And there's a sketch of the cow, like the mask on it. And the original, it was not there. And it had a bat emblem on the chest like this man really pulled this it appears that this man just he fucked with it to make it appear corroborate his story um Mm -hmm. and what's really frustrating is because like we said bill at the time had a uh potter's grave an unmarked grave because he was unclaimed bob's gravestone however says God bestowed a dream upon Bob Kane. Blessed with divine inspiration and a rich imagination, Bob created a legacy known as Batman. Bob Kane, Bruce Wayne, Batman, they are one and the same. Bob infused his dual identity character with his own attributes, goodness, kindness, compassion, sensitivity, generosity, intelligence, integrity, courage, and purity of spirit, a love of mankind and professionally again perfect emphasizing professionally he was not those things um <laughs> and so you know i would be a little salty about that yeah uh, that's just that's, that's a lot to put on a fucking gravestone i mean there's people who are more famous than him and it was just a simple my beloved wife husband daughter Whatever, like Brittany Murphy, for example, which she's not even to compare, but wife, daughter, whatever. And Michael Jackson, same thing. Just it was something simple. And this motherfucker decided to get a whole documentary of himself on his tombstone. Like, what? I don't know. Get he has a documentary on his autobiography. tombstone? Autobiography. Not documentary. On his tombstone? No, I'm just poking fun. I'm poking fun about the I fact. I was like, that's a lot of things to put on the I was just more, It's more of just making fun of the fact that he put down all what he did on a tombstone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. Anywho, um, pretty much just to kind of compress it a little bit. Um, they end up contacting DC. DC's like, oh, yeah, he totally helped without, you know, they're tiptoeing around it. They're whining and dining Athena and her son and their family and bringing them to premieres and to Comic-Cons and uh, giving them a little bit of money, putting them up in lavish hotels and stuff, which uh, to, 
it doesn't seem like they're accustomed to such a lifestyle. You know, they're whining and dining them for sure. Um, why, why would they do it anyways? You know, what's the whole point? They're trying because they know that if we just completely avoid you, we're going to piss you off and you can really take us down <laughs> or hurt us, you know, but mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to, you know, get around it and a little bit. They're trying, out, they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to buy you out, ease the blow. Um, and eventually what ends up happening um, <laughs> is this book release happens. Um, he's on, uh, Mark did a Ted talk. He's on NPR on Kevin Smith's podcast. Yep. And he's like hitting all the conventions. Like they're letting people know about this. And the fans, as you can imagine, are corralling around them. Like give Bill credit. Like oh why not? God. The best, um, the best was when at one of the, panels for batman or whatever one of the fans stood up he's like so what about bill finger yeah so 2014 at WonderCon in california a batman fan asked if bill will get credit and larry gaynham the vp of talent um for dc says we're all good with the fingers and his family like oh we've we've settled this and they're like "Mm, athena was like no no not at all no. so they seek out a copyright lawyer which just so happens her sister her half sister is a lawyer of some sort so that definitely helped um and they find out that yes he's the co- co-owner and will work with bill and did work with uh bill did work with bob Ugh, sorry so how it works is you have to find out that the work that Bill did with Bob couldn't exist on its own, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you took away the work that Bill did, could would you still have Batman as it is? And absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no Batman without Bill. And thusly, they need him for it to survive and for it to stay together. And thusly... Found him basically. And thank to God be for that owner. recording too. That good old mm-hmm. Bob decided to that put out there hugely. Mm-hmm. That oh yeah, with uh, yeah. So Bill helped me out. You know, whatever fifty percent or less than that. Yeah. So in this audio, Bob says uh, that Bill was fifty to seventy-five percent of the creativity of the postman. So he was being super generous, but it was more. For Bob, anyway, but it was more of like eighty to ninety-seven percent uh, of the creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they September eighteenth, two thousand fifteen, DC gave credit to Bill Finger on Batman versus Superman as well as Gotham, and for the rest of the, for the rest of how long Batman is around. Good old Bill Finger will finally get the credit that he deserved that should have been on the comics since day fucking one. Yeah. If you go to a comic book store, unless it's like a brand new issue, you probably will not see Bill's name on there. You're going to see Bob Kane uh, created by Bob Kane. Um, 
But you will see him on Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. You'll see anything new with Batman. Ooh, you're going to see new, Bill and Bob. New but of course, it says Bob and Bill. But the new one, but the new one too, the new Batman. I'm curious. I'm going to look that up. So. Yeah, I'll have to look. Um, but he, and it pretty much ends with Mr. Nobleman seeing the oh. Batman versus Superman film and just oh. seeing that, like, how awesome what a great is ending. that to see all your hard work come to fruition. Um, and he finds out, allegedly, that it's not confirmed because, as we know, Fred passed. Uh, so two people came forward and said that Fred came forward <laughs> and claimed his father um, and had Bill cremated and spread his ashes at the beach in the shape of a bat. Bro, that made me tear up. That made me fucking tear up. The story is passed down through the family. Like, it may not have been known, but the fact that the story was passed down through the family just shows that, like, it was a really important part. Like, so Fred had to have grown up knowing that his dad created Batman. Like, he was proud of that, and as he rightfully should be. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Fred fought, too. <laughs> Fred fought a lot. He to, tried, to, yeah. To get his dad credit, but it got to the point where it was just like, you know, enough is enough. Like, go have the money for an attorney and same thing with mm-hmm. Athena. I mean, she, her family, too, when she was around, they tried as well. And, you know, and it, they just didn't really know what to do or how to go about it. And to go up against a big, I'll call it a conglomerate, like DC, DC it's, it's so, you know, you're, it's like almost like a superhero story within itself. But Mr. Nobleman, if it wasn't for him, man, like, I really don't think that Bill would have. We would know who he was. The credit that he deserves, you know. Mm-hmm. And it would be like the few people who knew uh, Batman's real identity. Uh, this family's know? set for life now with all the mm-hmm. royals that they'll be getting, all the money to get in the mail. I don't know if they got royalties because they honestly, part of what I loved about the family was they didn't seem money hungry. They didn't really mention any sort of money hungriness. They more so their main objective was to get Bill credit mm-hmm. and to get his name on there. Like they didn't really care about the rest. They just wanted credit where credit was due. And I mean, I hope they set them up with the royalties and stuff because it's huge. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, I know y'all can't see me, but this little felt Batman mask that I've been wearing, <laughs> um, just this logo is like having a, Disney logo. It was That's cost so something. cool. Like in the beginning of the actual documentary, the Mr. Nobleman is going to. He was at a school and he just had the Batman logo, just the little bat. And does everyone know what this is? And everyone knew that this of is course. Batman. You know, he's like, I went everywhere. I can go anywhere, all over the world. Doesn't matter where. And at least one person in the room is gonna know what that logo stands for. So I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, Will Arnett's Lego Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, my God. If you ever watch Lego he Masters, like he's fantastic in it, too. Yes, we watch it. Uh, I watch it with Evie. So much fun. We get into it. <laughs> he's a hoot. How do you feel about this? I want a comic version of Bill in a cape standing like with his hand on his hips. And his head up high and proud with a Batman symbol on his chest. Like, I am Batman. Like, oh that God. would be a fucking t-shirt right there. 
That's awesome. Oh, speaking of those t-shirts, whenever he was like, I have I have extra Batman t-shirts. Do you people want were them? Like, huh? It was Mr. No More Memo passing out. And it was like, I don't even know what it said. I'm something about Bill Finger is the co-creator of Batman or whatever. Uh, but. It was great. <laughs> Their faces were like, huh? But uh, it was yeah. a great way to do it. It was, it was a cute little documentary. It's not like high pace or drama or exciting. It was informative and it was heartfelt and it was it was a good cute little documentary it, it was it was definitely it's it, it had to been done type of thing yeah. i'm so happy that someone someone went out of their way to really do this but. yeah if i wouldn't so, yeah. have known any better or um, any i mean i honestly didn't even know about bob king because i don't really care who came up with it i just love the story so much it's not i mean maybe if like I had really been into it as a kid. I would know it like I know J.K. Rowling, but Bob Kane isn't a name like George Lucas or Kevin Feige or J.K. Rowling. Like, well, you learned yeah, something new. I, d- I learned something <laughs> new, um, and I'm happy I did because I love Batman. Um, well, he ain't no Stan Lee though. We all know who I feel Stan like he Lee is. Stan Lee so much. I feel like Stan Lee would have loved Bill. If he had the opportunity to know you, him, oh, I bet you if they worked together, Stanley would make Stanley would have the credit he been deserved. like, "What do you mean you came up with this and you're not getting credit?" And Stanley would have been like, "Fuck that, <laughs> we're gonna get you credit, sir." Um, I can't wait for the Stanley one to come out. I know there there's already a few Stanley documentaries, but I want this new one because. You know, it's it's most up to date. It just says released 2023. Although I swear I saw that one ad that said Wednesday, but it didn't come out Wednesday, so whatever. But Well, whenever that one comes out, I know my fiancé is going to be joining along because hearing you two talk about Marvel is like, it's the whole thing on its own. I'm so excited. Phase 5, y'all. Phase 5 is going to be so good. So, yeah. Uh, our next episode it will be on the deep end from Hulu. We're gonna get into that, pun intended. We're gonna deep dive into the deep end <laughs> and see uh, how we come out on the other side. Um, Do we come out alive? That's why I want to know. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting episode. I'll say it's definitely a a. a a tiptoe into a different direction from something so lighthearted as Sir Bill Finger. Um, but yeah, thanks for sticking with us and we will see you guys or hear you or no, no, you're going to hear, you will hear us next time. <laughs> see ya. Stay safe. Bye. I have to go protect Gotham now. Bye. Batman. Alfred. Where's Batman out. Where's Batman out? Jets next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And recording. <laughs>